Good evening. It's so good to see everyone out this evening. Uh, uh, just so different from home. Uh, I don't think I can even see to the back of the building here. Uh, if y'all turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, and I just, just want, don't want to go on and on, but I just so much appreciate the opportunity to come and to visit with you and, and to open the Word of God and talk about these things. Uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. One of the things that we sometimes forget is when we see people in Scripture, they're just people, just like you or I. Uh, so often, uh, sometimes we set folks on, on a pedestal or we, we think, well, they're in a special circumstance. Well, they have feelings just as you and I would have. The fears, joys, sorrows. I am very much reminded of uh, one, one account. Uh, uh, we, we were kind of talking about it a little bit at the dinner table. I was like, oh, we're, my, my thunder is going to get stolen uh, but could you just imagine being one of the children of Israel getting ready to cross the Red Sea? You can hear Pharaoh's army on the other side of that cloud. You, you felt that wind that has blown and has created, and there's that trench that they can go over on and the, wa and the water standing on each side. You know, we often think, well, I, you know, I just have to go over to the side and just poke my finger in there and just see what's going on. But when you think about, you know, no, here's Pharaoh's army. Here is uh, the, the, probably, arguably, the, the most powerful army in the world at that time that, that either they're going to re-enslave us or they're going to kill us. We've got to get away. We don't, you, you don't exactly know everything that's going on. And so there's just all of this fear. And so you cross over it, and this is just an amazing thing that you're, you're participating in. And then you get to the other side, and you turn around, and then all of a sudden, here comes Pharaoh's army. And they're, they're, they're hollering, you know, those kind of battle cries and, and the horses and, and, and the chariots. And you're thinking, oh no. And then suddenly, those throats that were so brave a moment ago, because the, the, the wheels start falling off of the chariots. And... All of a sudden, there's fear. And I, I spent considerable time thinking about it. It would not take very long at all when God took his hand away for that water to just assume its natural position. Now, just imagine how you would feel on the other side of, of that sea. You had just been afraid for your life. You've literally, in a sense, you've stared death in the face. And in that amount of time, 
God took that all away. What a tremendous amount of relief that would be. As a matter of fact, you see many times in Scripture where God allows a situation to just get so bad that only He can fix it. You know, we could we could talk about uh, Abraham and Sarah as Abraham is waiting to, for Sarah to give birth to Isaac. Uh, how 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 much joy he would have felt. About that, but they're just—it's just one of the things that there's always a day that God brings deliverance. Well, there was a very dark day, the darkest, most dreadful day in the history of the world—the day that Jesus went to the cross for you and me. The death of the cross was a uh, shameful death. We look over in Galatians chapter 3 and in verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. Crucifixion was a form of execution that was reserved for enemies of the state, for thieves for rebels, for murderers. And there Jesus was. We know the story. Actually, I just caught myself. I don't like to use, when I'm talking about Bible things, I don't like to use the word story. Stories are sometimes fictitious. Sometimes when we're talking about somebody lying to us, we say, well, they told us a story. But this happened. I, I, I actually would prefer to have used the word account because these things really happened. And at that particular moment in time, we look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and to Greeks, foolishness. Now look at that. Sometimes you look at that passage and you think, how could that be? Well, the next verse kind of explains that for us. Because you see, Jesus upon the cross, to the people that don't know, he's the biggest loser that ever was. Because that's what happens to people that do bad things. Now, we know better than that. But as I said, it was a dark day. It was a terrible day. It was Friday, but Sunday was coming. Let me digress just a little bit. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A very familiar passage to, to many of us. I think in the 60s there, there was a, a song that, that, that borrowed these words. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and beginning in verse 1, 
There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep uh, and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And people have looked at this passage as, well, is this the time for this or is this time for that? Or do I make it this time? No. What he's talking about is things happen. We have no control over the things that happen. There is a day when certain events have got to come to pass. Sometimes they're good things. Sometimes they're bad things. On that day on the shore of the Red Sea, well, for the Israelites with, with uh, Pharaoh's army out of the way, suddenly it's songs of praises and joy. As a matter of fact, they, they don't have any trouble with Egypt for hundreds of years after that particular point in time. But for Pharaoh's army, it wasn't a good day. And what we have to understand is certain things have, have to come to pass. They're just, they're just going to happen. Uh, so often uh, I get, I don't want to say amused with people. You know, always you, you talk, we, we, we're out here in the world, we're talking to people about our faith, and, and they'll talk to us about theirs, and they'll talk, oh, you can just tell we're in the last days. Well, my Bible told me, well, we've been in the last days since Pentecost. And it does allow me to sometimes talk to them about that. But, uh, but you know what? There is going to come a time where Jesus is going to come back. And we're certainly looking forward to that day. But I want to talk about another one of these days. And it's that dark day of Jesus' crucifixion. There was a day that Jesus had to suffer. <coughs> We look over at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. In Matthew chapter 16 uh, and in verse 21, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the uh, things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Jesus knew there was a day to suffer. That was the, the day, the, the season, if you will. How do you face what Jesus had to face? Our text earlier in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, explained that. He looked past it. He looked past it to see what that was going to bring about. It would be a frightening thought 
It would be a frightening reality if he said, no, this is too much. But how did he endure that? He endured the shame looking forward to what his uh, crucifixion would do. We know the terrible story. When I read the accounts of Jesus' crucifixion, it almost makes me ashamed to be human. How he was beaten, cursed. I mean, there's just, there's just so many things that, you know, we all have built into us this sense of justice. And we go, that's not right. And everything beginning at, at his arrest to his crucifixion was just wrong. It was unfair. The cowardly ad, uh, uh, arrest. Jesus called him out on it. Say, wasn't I in the temple every day? You could have arrested me there. Well, why did they do it this way? Because they were cowards. They were afraid of the people. They needed to get things moving quickly to, to get what they want done, done. And so they're going to go about it a cowardly way. Then we have all of these unjust trials that he went through. But once again, you've got to remember that what he goes through, he goes through looking past that. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. So he goes uh, before uh, Annas and endures that. And Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin. Then he stands before Pilate. Pilate, cynical, what is truth? But you know what? It's Friday and Sunday's are coming. We look over at, at Luke chapter 23. At Luke chapter 23 and beginning in verse 8. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad for he was desirous to see him for a long season because he had heard many things of him and hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. And he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. That's kind of a disrespectful meeting when you think about it. Herod wants to see a trick. Herod wants to have a miracle performed in front of him. So, not so that he can understand that this is the Christ that he's talking with, but just so he can say, I saw some interesting thing. But you know what? It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And then we could talk about the scourging, the mockery, how the Roman soldiers just used our Jesus as, as a plaything. The things that they put him through. We look over in John chapter 19. John chapter 19 and beginning in verse 1. Then Pilate 
therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again, saith unto him, Behold, I bring him forth to you, and that ye may know that I find no fault with him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. There he is, broken and bloody. But it's Friday. Sundays are coming. So they take him to the cross. Crucifixion. If it's not the worst way to execute someone I, I don't know anything would be uh, higher on the list it was designed to cause the maximum amount of pain for the maximum amount of time and I always think of him carrying that cross down those streets And you would think that there would be some dignity among the people. But there's not. There are people hollering at him, saying, you know, you, you saved others, save yourself. And all the hate that had been saved up by the Pharisees and, and those in power was able to be unleashed. And boy, did they unleash it. And you can just think of all the ugly things that they said in his face, how they spit in his face. But it's Friday and Sunday's a coming. Then he's nailed to his cross. We're all very familiar about the darkness and all that. But, you know, he's, he's on the cross and they're still saying things. They're still being ugly to him. But it's Friday and Sundays are coming. He speaks to his mother. That moment in time where she was, when he was born, and she would told, was told that it uh, would be like a sword thrust. What a painful, painful day it was for his mother. And after all that time on that cross, in pain every moment, the death on the cross was caused by asphyxiation. The reason they would stretch out the hands is that, and put weight on the feet is because if you... If you uh, if you're supported by your arms, you can't breathe. And so what you would see with a person that, that's nailed to a cross, you would see this body that it would just rise in order to take a breath and then come back down. Each breath was just torment. But it's Friday and Sundays are coming. Then he died. 
Come with me, if you will, over to John chapter 20. We're going to look at the first 16 verses. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh Simon Peter and the, and the other disciple who Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and, and that other disciple and came to the sepulchre, and they, and they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and, and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, went in, went, lying yet went not, he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they, they knew not the, sep, the, the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again into their own home, but Mary stood without uh, at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and sees two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say, say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have, not take, they have taken away the Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had said, thus said, she turned herself back, and saw Jesus, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, that is to say, Master. Jesus saith to her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my Father and, and your Father and to my God and to your God. Sunday came. Our Lord will absolutely wreck our emotions. Mary went from the darkest, deepest depression because she had seen what had happened to the highest joy possible. Scriptures don't describe this, but I know how I would have felt going to talk to the disciples about this. I'd have felt like I was walking on air. Tears of sadness turned into inexplicable joy. Yeah. 
one of the things that this world has just absolutely forgotten. Even though it's a lesson that has been taught time and time and time again. God wins. Everything is going to unfold exactly how he desires it to be. And there's never a, a dark day that the Lord cannot come overcome that. We live in an age of a lot of troubles. But you know what? Sundays are coming. There's going to come a day when our Lord Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds. Just as sure as you and I are here this evening, we know that He is coming back. It is like history that has already been written, even though it's in the future. And we will know incredible joy. And we will know incredible peace. Knowing what the future is for God's people, I find it hard to understand why people do not wish to become Christians. The Word of God tells us simply that we must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That we need to repent of our sins, confess Him as Christ, and be buried in that watery grave of baptism. They're bringing about the remission of our sins. All the difficulties of this life one day are going to go away. When He comes back, when we get to go to our forever home. What a joyful day that's going to be. There may be somewhere this evening that has not yet obeyed the gospel. I certainly encourage you to do so this very night, now as we stand and as we sing.